This is Equipping Eve, the podcast that seeks to equip women with fruits of truth from God's Word. In his second letter to the Corinthians, the Apostle Paul wrote, But I am afraid that as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, your minds will be led astray from the simplicity and purity of devotion to Christ. A sincere and pure devotion to Christ begins by being grounded in his word. So let's open our Bibles, ladies, and prepare to feast on the truth God has given us. Well, hello, ladies, and welcome to Equipping Eve. I'm your host, Erin Benziger. Thanks for tuning in today. We are still walking through the Gospel of John. I hope you're not bored with it. Uh, That's why I like doing these shows in short little snippets, because you don't need an hour and a half sermon on you know, two verses, because you're probably getting that on Sunday. Um, anyway, uh, but I I hope that this is encouraging you and kind of whetting your appetite to get into this gospel a little bit more on your own, whether you sit down and, you know, do a verse-by-verse study of it, or whether you're just choosing to read it in your casual reading time. Uh, and that's kind of how I came on wanting to do this study for the show, was just I thought, you know, I just feel like reading John. I just want to read the Gospels, just read them, just sit and read and enjoy. Um, Because so often when we hear sermons, and this isn't a put down on sermons at all, but if they're not done well, um, those verse by verse or word by word sermons, if they're not done appropriately, you miss the forest for the trees. And that's true in the Gospels or any of the books of the Bible. And so you miss the overarching story of what is being told. I know I've come to the end of, you know, quote unquote, sermon series through a book of the Bible, and I don't actually have an understanding of what that book is about, whether it's one of Paul's epistles or a gospel. Um, You come away from it and, you know, you spent six weeks on two words and a verse but you have no idea what the overarching purpose of that book is. And so that's a danger, I think, in some of in the way that some people execute what they call expository preaching, which I would argue is not actual expository preaching. That's another show that we'll probably never tape. All right. We are in chapter 13 of John today. In the story here of Jesus' life, we are well into Passion Week. And as I mentioned last time, John spends the bulk of his gospel on these last few days of Jesus' life. And I think that's really interesting. There's just such a significance to these final days and Jesus' final teachings. And I want us to look at the details here as John tells this story, the Christological, theological details. Uh, Verse 1, Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. I love that verse. Verse 3, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going back to God, rose from supper. I mean, it's, you know, this long almost a run-on sentence because John is giving us all these amazing details about Jesus. And then you have Peter saying, he's questioning that, Lord, do you wash my feet in verse 6? And Jesus answered him, what I am doing you do not understand, but afterward you will understand. Remember this from last time, and we've seen this before, that the the disciples, there was so much they didn't understand while it was happening. But after Jesus was glorified, after the Holy Spirit was imparted to them, that Jesus promised in the very next chapter, which we'll get to next episode, 
Jesus promised that he would send the Holy Spirit and that the helper would illuminate the scriptures to them and illuminate everything that had happened to them in their time with Jesus. And they would have that light bulb moment and go, oh, so that's what he meant. Now it makes sense. So here we have the story of Jesus washing the disciples' feet. Verse 14, if I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. Now, I know there are some denominations that take this very literally. Um, We don't actually have to literally wash each other's feet. Um, If that's something you want to do, good for you. Kind of makes me a little nauseous. This verse, the story is about a willingness to serve one another, even in the most lowly, humbling tasks. We're going to turn to J.C. Ryle here, which we, who we've been using quite a bit um, throughout the study of John, and turn to his commentary on this. He says, It is in any case absurd to suppose that our Lord would require his disciples to perform a duty which the young and the feeble would be physically unable to do. It is inconsistent with the general tenor of our Lord's teaching to suppose that he would ever attach so much importance to a mere bodily action. A formal performance of bodily acts of religion is just the the easiest thing that can be imposed on people and the thing that is most worthless in the sight of God. The thing that is really hard and yet always required is the service of the heart. The true interpretation of the two verses is that which places a spiritual sense on our Lord's words. It is a practical illustration of Matthew 20, 26 through 28. He wished to teach his disciples that they ought to be willing to wait on one another, serve one another, minister to one another, even in the least and lowest things. They should think nothing too low or humble or menial to undertake if they can show love, kindness, and condescension to another. If Jesus, the King of Kings, condescended to leave heaven to save souls and to dwell 33 years in the sin-defiled world, there is nothing that we should think too lowly to undertake. So uh, don't get hung up on this little story about Jesus washing the disciples' feet and saying you need to wash one another's feet. It's okay if you aren't kneeling down and washing a stranger's feet at church every week. This is about service and the willingness to serve. This passage is condemning pride among Christians. And what's sobering to me is that were I in need of practical help of some kind, I actually would be more inclined to go to one of my unsaved friends for help than to so many Christians I know. Because so many, not all, professing Christians I know are just too far above helping. And it's a sad commentary on the church when unbelievers are more willing to help than believers. And we need to consider that and assess our own hearts and our own willingness in terms of that. So moving on to verses 21 through 30, in here we see a prediction of Judas's betrayal of Jesus. And then in verse 31, Jesus, in verse 31, John says, when he had gone out, Jesus said, now is the son of man glorified and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself and glorify him at once. Little children, yet a little while I am with you. You will seek me, and just as I said to the Jews, so now I also say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. By this all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love 
for one another. They will know us by our love for one another. Love is to be the distinguishing mark of Christ's disciples. J.C. Ryle says, if we have no love, we have no grace, no regeneration, no true Christianity. And that is a sobering thought, ladies. And a lot of what I see in the Christian world between Christians is the exact opposite of love. And we really need to think about that and examine ourselves, examine our hearts, and examine our words before they come out of our mouths or before they're typed on the keyboard. And then in verses 36 to the end of the chapter, we see another prediction, a prediction of Peter's denial of him. Simon Peter said, Lord, where are you going? Jesus answered him, where I'm going, you cannot follow me now, but you will follow afterward. And Peter said to him, Lord, why can I not follow you down, Follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. Peter, we love Peter. We love Peter's zeal. Peter just exemplifies who so many of us are, um, and not always in the best way. But God used Peter. Jesus used Peter. Jesus restored Peter and used all of his past experiences, his past foolishnesses, his unwise zeal, um, his passion, and he used it in a very mighty way in the early church. And so we can be encouraged by that. Jesus answered, verse 38, will you lay down your life for me? Truly, truly, I say to you, the rooster will not crow till you have denied me three times. And so, ladies, today as our Equipping Eve endorsement, uh, this isn't a product, it's not a book, it's not a website, it's not anything you can eat, drink, touch, smell, or feel. I am commending to you kindness. I am commending to you to live out what we see here in Jesus' words love one another, show kindness to one another, believer and unbeliever alike, show the love, kindness, gentleness of Christ. And I am saying that to myself as well. And so as your parting thought, ladies consider, does love characterize our Christian walk? Love for one another Love for the unbeliever, love enough to bring the truth of the gospel to them rather than shooting them down for their false or erroneous beliefs and causing them to say, well, I don't want anything to do with you Christians then because you're just mean, angry, nasty people. Now, the truth of the gospel will be offensive to many and they will turn away. Let them turn away because of Christ, not because of you, not because of your words, not because of our demeanor, not because of our snarkiness, not because of our sniping. If they're going to turn away, let them turn away because they are refusing Jesus. Let's not let us be the offense. Does that make sense? So that's the parting thought. That's a more than one parting thought. And until next time, ladies, get in your Bibles, get on your knees, and get equipped.
Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.